Welcome to the Movie Pass Movie Movie Cast Podcast. Your hosts Josh and Graham will be with you shortly. And remember, refreshments are available in your own damn fridge. Enjoy the show. Okay, so we're going to be live in five, four, three, two. Hi, welcome to the Movie Pass Movie Movie Cast podcast. Uh, uh, mo- co- uh, sorry, colon, uh, a movie-based podcast. Off to a great start. I'm calling a movie-focused podcast. Even better. My name is Josh Anderson movies, Cox. Four movies. And this is Graham Teckler. I think I'll introduce myself. I think you've said enough. Someone's got to take back this podcast. We have a great guest uh, here today that we're really excited about. A good friend of ours. His name is... Well, let's let him say his name. Uh, my Hi, uh, this is Adrian Burke. Hello. Hi, Adrian. It's great to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be uh, this podcast's first guest. It's yeah. an honor to have you. Um, just to start off, could you maybe... You yeah. Could yeah. you give us a little bit of... I'm doing like a host voice that I don't normally do. Uh, you sound like Terry are, Gross right now. Yeah, yeah you went real Terry on this. It was intentional when you, you were, were being Terry. Huh? when you were a little colon heavy there for a bit. Colon um, heavy. Adrian, what are your impressions of this podcast? What do you know about it? What are your expectations okay, sure. heading into this? Uh, so I um, I was told about this podcast a little while ago. I should yeah. say our first guest is also our probably our first listener because you listen to a bit <laughs> of the like. The, I listened the yesterday episodes. to um, probably three quarters of the Maze Runner episode. We're getting there. Yeah, step that by was great. step. I am uh, I am a subscriber of the podcast. Oh, thank you. Mostly because Josh and I were in a show together, and <laughs> Josh he, forced you he cornered it. me in our dressing room and basically forced me to. He could have gotten past me. I'm not that big. <laughs> He's deceptively strong. Uh, no, I I love the podcast. I uh, recently got Movie Pass, uh, so I'm excited for opportunities oh, to you know use it. Tell me, what did you love about the podcast? Uh, I think you Gosh, guys. Why are you doing this? I'm just interested. He said love. I think uh, yeah, that's true. I really loved the um, uh, slapdash nature of it. I love how there were multiple times where Josh felt the need in editing to pop in and correct his <laughs> oh, own yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's really sweet, Adrian. Thanks. I'm glad someone appreciates the work that I do. Because Graham doesn't. Bye. I really dug that. Uh, um, um, I like how alienatingly long the name is. I think that's gonna, I think that's gonna help get people yeah, to listen to it. It draws people in. It's like in. the yeah. least aerodynamic title. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's lots to love about it. Thank it's you. not you really have to move your lips to say the name. Well, right? you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about this um, lately. Of we have the kind of operating conceit of this whole thing, which we should talk about right sure. now. Which is basically that we think with uh, the advent of MoviePass, there's now a new the nine ninety five a month unlimited movie service. Yes, um, uh, or in movies and theaters. We should sure. Say. Um, any day now, sponsor us. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon, but we can hold out I for mean, a hero till the end. Are you of guys night. tweeting at them and stuff? Mm-hmm. No, I've been worried about copyright infringement, but I checked and I think we're good as long as we because don't use their Because MoviePass is in the name? 
as long as we don't use the font, that's what they have trademarked. Wasn't there one time where you put, uh, like, an asterisk in the title? I changed it, because I realized that nobody would be able to find us if they searched MoviePass. (laughs) (laughs) If there was an asterisk for the O. Like, it was a swear word. I do Um, feel like if you guys committed to it, you you really worked at it. MoviePass is a new enough thing that I think you could get some intern there to be like, oh, look at this. The problem with MoviePass sponsoring us is that they are currently hemorrhaging Money, money, yeah, because they have so many subscribers and anything pretty personally. Yeah, but it's a new, it's basically a new brand, or sorry, not brand, breed of movie where it's not so. It's just a movie you would never spend your time or money on. It's not so good that you're going to be interested in seeing it theoretically, and it's not so bad that you would watch it in the theater, go see it as a joke or something. Although that's functionally all that we're doing. This is so much more than a joke, Graham. I'm kind of embarrassed for you right now. But it's just a movie that's going to totally slip through the cracks. Or we anticipate might totally slip through the cracks. We've been wrong before. In the words of Mark Maron, uh, MoviePass has sort of unlocked the gates to these movies for us. You're welcome. Let him sit in it. Let him sit in it. Let I cut the silence out. what he's out. done. Um, okay. So let's open our mind to these MoviePass movies. So we have this as the operating seat of the podcast, but I've been thinking a lot about like, you know, there's a lot of movie podcasts. What specifically sets ours apart? And so Mm. we're talking about Death Wish, the Mm. 2018 remake of Death Wish today. I think what sets our our podcast apart is um, I've never seen the original Death Wish. And you guys, I believe, didn't even know it existed. It was news to me as of last night. You have to say no out loud. They can't uh, no, see I did not know anything. I did not know <laughs> anything, anything about it. He shook his head. Um, yeah, so I think what maybe sets us apart from the pack is that we um, are completely unqualified to talk about this movie. Yeah, and that's actually something that I made sure to include in our description. I noticed that, which that I think we, is good. We do little or very poor research into these films. Yeah, we spent a whole podcast mispronouncing one of the names of the lead actress. Who was, like, one of our favorite Parts characters. of the movie, yeah. Karen, Karen Gillan. Gillan. Gillan, right? Which one is it? Fuck! See, this is what we're talking about. We gotta keep going, because... Uh, okay. Uh, that's wish. the conceit, and what's special about us is that we don't know what we're talking about. Great. Great. It's an honor to have you on this podcast of idiots who don't know what they're talking about. You're the first person we thought of to join us. I love it. I Like um, I said, I'm honored. Uh, I'm going to be peppering in all sorts of thoughts that I have later. Just so you know. Yeah, yeah I anticipate that. that. I'm gonna, I, I'm, there's going to be a gong sound right now. I'm not your monkey, Graham. And then a reverse gong. Did you catch it was a reverse gong? I did, actually. That only came in later on when I learned how to do that. Death Wish 2018, directed by Eli Roth, written by Joe Carnahan. It's Uh, a remake of um, Death Wish Another Year by someone else. uh, Charles Bronson movie. Okay. Um, I remember once I was um, taking an Uber to the airport from uh, the Detroit airport. Fancy. And, yeah, you know. Uh, And the... uh, Uber driver was a talkative sort um, who started asking me about what kind of movies I like and things I liked. And he started then going on this rant about how movies are too, you know, there's too much rape and violence and murder in movies. And it's just disgusting. It's just so disgusting. 
And then I was like, oh, okay, like, what kind of movies do you like? And he was like, Death Wish is my favorite movie. <laughs> and I was wow. like, the Charles Bronson movie that's full of rape and murder and, you know, death. And he was like, yep. So that was the first thing I thought about when this movie was remade. It was like, this Uber driver is going to be wow. over the moon. Yeah. Um, do we want to just lay out sort of in one sentence our thoughts, feelings, about the movie. Well, I think something that we can do in in one sentence is lay out the plot of this movie, which is paper thin. It's literally just uh, a doctor, his his wife is murdered. You have to make sure it's a sentence. A doctor, semicolon. His wife (laughs) wife is murdered, semicolon. His daughter is in a coma, semicolon. He hunts, he's, the cops won't do anything, semicolon. He is pushed to the brink. Uh, gets a bunch of guns and hunts down the killers one by one and also kills a bunch of other people just for shits and giggles. Um, and that's basically it. Oh, and then that's at the end, end, the cops are totally cool with it uh, and everything works out. It was an abuse of semicolons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You said one I'm sentence. I'm an SAT tutor on the side. Improper use of uh, semicolons? Deeply misguided. Hmm. Which is another thing that I would say yeah, about this, for this movie. movie. I would I would say the plot summary is just the words deeply misguided. That's yeah. kind of all I have to say about it. Rogue fascist is deeply misguided is what I oh, would say. Oh, that's a sentence. That's good. Mm. A rogue sat fascist was deeply misguided. Mm. Wow. The Adrian. quick brown fox jumped over the misguided <laughs> fascist. Do you have a sentence review? Uh, yeah, I'd probably say... Um, uh, Sean Hannity's wet dream, yep. colon... Uh, black and Latino people are scary. Yeah, mm-hmm. semicolon. Uh, white dads are what we need. <laughs> it's right off the bat. There's like the guy. Can we who... just give a big old shout out to white dads everywhere for keeping us safe? Who this Let's movie not. is for? That yeah. is who this movie is for. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I don't even really know where to start. I mean, like you're 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 totally right. I mean, there's uh this movie is really racist, like from the jump. Yeah. Uh I did Adrian mentioned I mean, it was pretty overt, but I had I was like, there's no way that it can actually be this racist. There has to be some twist. I noticed that like they make sure the couple of the bad guys that we deal with at the end are white, mm-hmm. but the sort of so rampant white, right? Um, vaguely oriented violence that Bruce Willis enacts in the middle half of the film. I know, it's a third. I know, I know, I know. Is entirely towards people of color. Um, and, and that's, like, that's the freakier stuff. Yeah. Than the, I mean, the movie starts from the jump with, like, Chicago's fucked up and right. everyone's getting shot, which is right. often a talking point for white yeah. dads who want to shoot right. everybody. And yeah. then we cut to Death Wish. Beep, beep, boop. Kind of a cool uh, opening. Uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm reluctant to give this movie any points whatsoever. Yeah, but I, I think the weird thing is it's directed by Eli Roth, who, as we know, is a douchebag. Um, I but, just learned this, but I'm yeah, on he's board. A, he's a real dick. Um, not a total surprise based on his filmography of like Hostel and The Green Inferno and mm. Cabin Fever. But um, the frustrating thing about this movie, so yeah, I don't want to give this movie any points. I also feel like I wasted a lot of my ill will towards every other movie we've covered when I could have <laughs> saved it all for this one. I'm telling um, you, man, you gotta you gotta ration that stuff out. But whereas Fifty Shades Freed was shot like 
pornography that never like culminates in anything that never gets hot this movie was frustrating i think this is like eli roth's sort of thing is there's very little substance to the way the movie is written and it's really misguided in terms of what it's trying to say i think there's it's frustrating that there's like a couple of moments of really taut interesting tension and directorial flourishes that were uh very compelling which i think made disguised this movie for what it really is in a frustrating way Mm because i did find myself being like when elizabeth shue who plays the wife notices that the cookbook she was using Mm -hmm. um the pages kept blowing over Mm -hmm. um which is how she notices that the window is open Mm -hmm. if there's little things in like in the uh the corner of the cops there are genre moments that he handles well because he's worked in that genre a lot is that yeah, fair? there's yeah, and it's just like little details, like the fact that um, when he goes to see Elizabeth Shue's body in the hospital, and just a bit of her mm. hair is outside of the uh, the sheet that's covering her. Mm. Just little things that, like, yeah. it would have been really easy to. And again, I don't want to give this movie any credit because it's a piece of shit. But um, I think that's. I wish. I don't know. I wish he wasn't such a douchebag because I think he, if he put those skills to like. To create a little detail else. yeah a little interesting details in these movies towards something that's worth working on and not like a really racist fascist garbage heap then i don't know that's a movie i would want to watch this is a movie i never care to revisit again as long mm. as i live i think we'll get into this as we move further in but i i would argue that the few moments of like competent or somewhat skilled directing are overshadowed not even by the content but by the pretty haphazard way that it's shot and that we move from scene to scene and that the actors are directed to actually act. Bruce Willis, this is maybe the worst performance I've ever seen oof. from him. Oof, baboof. Would, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. What's I don't the- know. You guys seen Cop Out? I did not see Cop Out. You know what? Neither did I. <laughs> Welcome to the MovieCast movie, MovieCast podcast. I mean, Bruce the Willis, for me, at least to a certain extent, and this is from like a kid who loved Die Hard yeah. and like was very into some of his stuff. I also really loved the show Moonlighting. Oh, yeah, uh, he was on that. was yeah. his first big yeah. thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he, to me, has kind of, it makes sense that he's in this movie because he's kind of become a personification of like crotchety old white dad. You pointed out during the movie he looked like John McCain. He yeah. both looked like John McCain like and younger moved, John McCain. Moved like John McCain a little bit. There was a certain stiffness. Yeah, I mean, talk about phoning it in. Like, that his whole performance felt like he was just cashing a check. He was like, now I yell, yeah. so I just say the thing louder. He, he, he cried, which... Graham said he hadn't seen before. I'm not sure. That shit looked like fake tears. But yeah. it didn't look good. And You could it, see the shadow of the production assistant. Who had to pour <laughs> the light. When he was, was emotional, his voice never went down, right? Which is actually what happens when you have real feelings. His voice always was in this like high register of pain and sadness. You wanted him to sound like Bob Dylan? No, I wanted they killed him. my wife. <laughs> That's what he my sounded daughter's like. In a, no, of, not. What are you talking about? <laughs> he he stayed in a sort of fake acty upper register. Mm. Also, his accent was all over the place. Like there he was so weird. like had some weird like forget about it moments that did not fit with the like waspy background that he seemed to have. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I didn't think about this before the movie started that it was going <clears> to be. 
because I knew like everyone's talking about how this is also spectacularly bad timing for this movie to come out for sure. Not that there would ever be great timing, but like specifically right now, mm-hmm. really not a good time. And it seems like the movie theater or sorry, the the production company or whoever owns distribution rights, however the fuck Hollywood works. Yeah. Um, Again, they knew that. Another thing we don't And they about. put an embargo on reviews until Friday morning. Yep. Or maybe Thursday at 2 a.m. or yep. something. Or Friday at 2 a.m. Yeah. Um, so we try to aim for movies that are kind of in the 50% range on Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic. Something that is half the people think it's fine and half the people think it's bad. We think that's the definition of mediocre, yeah. right? Um, so we thought this might be a good shot. We then show up to the movie and, and double check and it's got a 15% at the last minute. Um, and the studios just did not want anyone to hear what anyone thought about it because they would learn this is not a fun action flick with Bruce Willis. This is a pretty, uh, a pretty disgusting, upsetting, yeah. disturbing flick. Um, and to which Eli Roth, if we're ever lucky enough to have him as a guest on the podcast, no mm-hmm. offense, Adrian, but, uh, uh he would probably be like, well, A, complain that we're social justice warriors. Right. To which I would say, Eli Roth, you look like shitty Zachary Quinto. Yeah! Suck on that! Suck on Boom. that. And, uh, yeah, so the, I just, so anyway, I don't know why I thought this movie was going to be not racist going into it, but there's this moment towards the beginning where I should say, beginning of the movie, right? Mean Streets of Chicago. Uh, a cop's partner has been shot, rushes to the ER. Bruce Willis, uh, who <laughs> just looks like a surgeon. I mean, can't you tell? Yeah. Um, goes to save his uh, uh, his partner. Immediately when he gets there, it's too late. He's flatlining. You know, there's nothing he can do. And the cop is really upset about this. It's like, oh, you're not doing, you know, anything. Cut to a bizarre needle drop to uh, this guys like bucolic uh home home blue life. skies yeah blonde it's a beach hair. Boys song it's uh what is it what's that one oh it's been building up inside of me for i don't know how long it's like it's beautiful it's a great song um just sort of the perfect white suburban yeah, life he lives in like I mean, I don't know. It's not a gated community, but it's, it's the worst. Just, and we spend a lot of time with this. Given yeah. that this is simply setting up the emotional stakes for the crazy journey he goes on, we spend a shit ton of time dealing with, like, soccer games and college stuff and, like, think, boring. Well, because that's how these people justify their shitty thought, exactly. violent thoughts. Well, yeah. now, obviously, Elizabeth Shue's um, death in this movie and his uh, 30-year-old high school senior's <laughs> daughter, which you pointed out. Yes, yes. Um, I do. I'm going to check how old she is. So. Uh, she, I could see her being, like, 22. There uh-huh. are devices in the movie. You yeah, know what I mean? They're just, sure. like, basically anonymous women that we assume he cares about. I will say, kind of similar to The Commuter, like, it's a little bit better than just casting some, like, no-name, like, Chicago stage actress um, in the movie and then killing her off in the first five minutes. Yeah. It's they, not much better. They do but it try is, like, a little more. Yeah. Um... They try a little bit more, and again, it would have been, I mean, not that they were ever going to pass the opportunity, but just, like, have that home invasion sequence take, like, five seconds, and uh, they try to screamify it a little bit, not mm. successfully, yeah. but it at least gives those actresses something to do, considering they're both out of commission for the rest of the movie. Yeah. I guess I just... I'm giving this movie way too credit. I can I think of so many films where the plot line is sort of 
revenge murder spree. Yeah. That I, some of them I enjoy. I was raised Quaker. Like, violence isn't, like, my favorite thing. But, like, the Tom Wick. (laughs) Hi, my name's Tom Wick. Welcome to Enterprise. You mean John Wick. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. That shootout in the club is literally cribbing John Wick in a really big way. John Wick, Kill Bill. There's there's a lot of films. And those films are very... fantasies. And they're very succinct about establishing the stakes. And John Wick particularly does it well. And I found that this managed to draw out the stakes setting up part without making me care about it. The payoff is incredibly repetitive. Yeah. Like he just go he goes and kills someone, he goes home and like feels satisfied about it, then he goes out and kills somebody else, then he goes and the the yeah. cops are slowly co- uh, closing in on him. Dean Norris playing essentially his character from Breaking Bad is yeah. like a Hank. you know, yeah. Like a douchey cop. <laughs> douchey cop. Uh, she's but, 21. Yeah. I could see it. I could I see, see it. I mean, yeah. she's yeah, sort of vaguely but she's aged. a peer of ours basically not a 17 year old high schooler yeah right she's a peer of ours that's better than hollywood usually does yeah though no. that's true um anyway so but there's that you first can still moment. cast us yeah please i wish i could have played the daughter in death Wish. <laughs> but um there's that moment where they they are going to a restaurant with their friends <laughs> and then they're uh there's like uh, giving the car to the valet who ends up being one of right. the one of the burglars this was the moment that you picked up adrian did a little quicker than me that this movie was going to be very racist is the, is the first latino character in the movie yep. the camera lingered on him just a little too long he has M, uh, an mj tattoo yeah. on his arm um and what was it? What did that stand for again? Does anyone remember? Miguel Javier. Miguel Javier. Miguel Javier. And uh, Bruce Willis asks him what his name is. And he says, my name is Miguel Javier. And Bruce Willis gives him this look that's just like, what kind of name is that? It gets like a very subtly. But, and it's also this weird conversation. With like, do you like Michael Jordan? <laughs> because he has MJ tattooed on his arm. Yeah. And they have this weird exchange yeah, about it. I liked name. Michael it's Jordan just, so much. Yeah. <laughs> that I got the idea that. Like that, that set off everything in motion. Yeah, was I mean, that this Hispanic hey man, valet I, 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 overheard yeah. them. It's just very. I mean, hey man, I will. I am as a Latino person. Like that shit absolutely happens yeah. all the time. I'm not saying Hispanic people do not pull shit like that all the time. However, that coming after 20 minutes of like white Bucolic, utopia yeah. was just like the context of it was just so so shitty. Yeah, so, it was. So shitty. But it's again, it's 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 it intends to characterize him as, yeah, like these white suburban dads who just are looking for like that scene at a soccer Weird. game. Yeah, it's like at the soccer game where some asshole is like yelling at his daughter, you know, to play better or something, and he just tells him to tone it down. And uh, <laughs> the the asshole who's yelling, kick the ball like he's a newspaper barker. Yeah. It's like, kick the what ball. What the fuck? Kick the ball. Yeah. Kick the ball. Yeah. But that even that wasn't executed well because that scene ostensibly supposed to set up Bruce Willis's character as kind of like st- like doesn't want to get into a fight, but Bruce Willis just stands there and does his Bruce Willis threatening thing, mm-hmm. and it's it doesn't even establish him like they do a good job in Breaking Bad of establishing Walter White as like this ineffectual guy. Right. Yeah, like Bruce Willis is just Bruce Willis at the beginning of the movie, so yeah. you're like, yeah, this guy's gonna shoot everybody. And yeah, they sort it's of joke that like the wife had to step in, but that wasn't no, happening. No. But it's also like Plus that, they shot it bad. Yeah. The guy switched the guy switched a couple his times. Yeah. I didn't see him like yeah. cross camera. Yeah, it was bad. But um 
but yeah, it's meant to set up that like, oh, this guy wishes he could, yeah. uh, 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 you know, take the side of the little guy and stick up for people. Oh. But, you know, he's hampered by uh, uh, society and laws and, and the stuff like that. Oath. And the yeah. Hippocratic yeah. Oath. And the Hippocratic Oath. Do no harm. Ugh. Yeah. I will say, the this is jumping ahead, the cross-cutting between his eventual gun training montage and his and surgery. surgery. Grotesque in this film, but visually kind of interesting. It had a point and, of view to it. Yeah. I didn't like the point of view, but yeah. it had a point of it view. It was interesting to see him pulling bullets out of someone and filling a gun, and I could imagine a much sort of broader, campier film that was more heightened that this did is, that, you know? Yeah. So this is what I think. I mean, obviously now we've looked up a bit more about Eli Roth, and I don't think this is the case. But I think, especially in that scene in the with all the stuff in the gun, when he goes to the gun store, yeah. and you see all these, like, gun uh, uh, advertisement videos, and she's, he's talking to the... Um, Bethany. Bethany. the Who could gun, forget Bethany? The uh, smoking hot gun salesman. <laughs> uh, Was she the person from the ad? No. No. But they were both pretty blonde women. Yeah. Cool. Um, women. Who's like, uh, he's like, does that take, hey. does it take a long time to get a license for this? And she's like, no. You know, like. Now, that, I was confused. That I was, was like, weird. I was like, weird. this is a pro gun thing. And then. It's maybe anti-gun, and then no, it's hugely not. Here's the thing: is that I th- he he realizes in a second that he's like, um, he's like, even this, even like this like, two-day waiting period or something, yeah. and and like a simple gun suit. He's like, yeah. he's like, bullshit. I'm gonna handle this myself. You know what I mean? I yeah. think it was that he would be registered with the cops. Yes, but at I, the same I, time, I don't think he made the call that it. Yeah, but looking at it from like a what is this movie's point of view perspective, exactly. uh it was just that felt so schizophrenic of like this yeah. entire movie is glorifying this dude and now we're going to have a weird 30 seconds of like well the gun laws are fucked up. And I don't the think Eli Roth finds the gun laws are no, fucked up. No, definitely at all. not. Definitely. I, not. It's lampshading. It's like a yep. weird version of lampshading where where the gun laws are are fucked up in that the police have to know about it, so it's instead better to steal a gun from a criminal that's yeah. been shot. Yeah. Which is what Bruce yeah. Willis does. In a hospital, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wait, um, but yeah, there was that moment, especially when we were going into the uh, TV ads for the like really over-the-top TV ads. I think that, and the fact that the violence in this movie was so over-the-top, that I think... Eli Roth, like, for a second, does he, like, think he's making a Paul Verhoeven movie? You know what I mean? Like, a really over-the-top satire Mm. of what it looks like that idiots wouldn't notice, but he's, like, a smart enough director that he's Trojan-horsing a lot of these uh, critical ideas about society. It's like it's glorifying violence, but instead it's sort of satirizing it. I I don't think he's doing that at all, but I think sometimes he kind of... I I understand why you say that because a lot of the deaths in this movie are so cartoonish that it feels like, oh, are we satirizing this or not? It's a little robocopy. Only in the the final act. Like, his wife died. Like, only in the final act did the deaths get sort of Tarantino-ass. When he crushes a dude with a car. Well, kind of in the second act, too, the bowling ball guy. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. That was crazy well that was like yeah. that final was, destination that was uh, insanity Rube goldberg machine that territory. wasn't a yeah. film that was nonsense yeah 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 that yep. was crazy what happens he's in this shootout in a bar with somebody and he accidentally hits something which knocks a bowling ball on a shelf which starts rolling 
The guy walks up to him, the bowling ball hits him in the head and crushes him, and he's dead. And at no point did Bruce Willis intend to do that. Although he was trying to kill him. So, like, it was just, that's not what the movie was at all. That just adds to the the universe being for Bruce Willis, right? Like, the universe is on his side. Can I just say, at the end of the movie, when they go to New York to take his daughter to, his daughter who survives, by the way, to NYU, Josh shouts out loud, he was like, New York, baby! That was a real thing that happened. So into it. I thought that the whole crowd would be with me. No, they were not. Not even remotely. Not even remotely. It's cool. That was, I stand, dare I say, misguided. I stand proud alone on top of a hill. Um, so Elizabeth Shulman, the daughter, uh, it's on Bruce Willis's birthday, and they have dinner reservations, but um, he gets called to the hospital at the last second. He can't go, which is when this uh, home invasion sequence takes place. They're wearing these very disturbing, kind of cool costumes. Yeah, like, I very did. Disturbing that masks. did creep me out. I wasn't sure if their faces were just like fucked up until I was like, oh, they're wearing like it was like pantyhose that got ripped up or something. I thought yeah. it was a very bad Mission Impossible mask. Like it had at one point flat looked like a human face, and yeah. then it got distorted as they put it on. It, it was I, like I, a I couldn't tell. more disturbing version of the effect that the Point Break president's masks mm. have a, mm. a little bit. That to me was the most effective yep. design element in the movie. There is no this, other design element in the movie. The movie looked like garbage too the lighting was awful the camera work was often nonsensical yeah i gotta find out the budget of this i just don't so much of this film doesn't add up i honestly (laughs) don't get it like i get every movie that we've seen so far i understand the market and how it was produced and how they figured out that they could get the money like there's been questions but this one well no i mean i don't know i think it's like a remake culture and b just a this movie is somewhat arbitrarily set in 2016. Oh yeah, I forgot you know what I mean? about that. And there's a lot of like news, yeah. a lot of like XM radio broadcasts talking about Yeah, they weirdly really heavily featured Shade 45. Yeah, that was maybe, bizarre. Which maybe was just like, oh, let's try to appeal to black people. Yeah, there, yeah there's never a, felt that the, the sort of debate that was happening among the radio hosts was anything that Eli Roth ever cared about. There's a guy who's the, I mean? the guy who's championing Bruce Willis, who the film is championing, who right. theoretically we are supposed to be championing as well. Right. The one radio host on his side from the from the jump is doing a full on Rush Limbaugh impression. Yeah. It's yeah. But bizarre. That, that guy is a real show. Really? That's Man Cow Show is a real thing. Never mind. He just sounds like Rush Limbaugh and yeah. he talks and he has the same ideas. Um <laughs> uh, this actually was a only a budget of thirty million, so that could that's mid Part of why it yeah, that's... didn't look good. No, but you can make a movie look good with not a lot of money. Yeah. It just like it was really flat. You know, Blue Ruin, also a revenge movie, was made for less than five hundred thousand dollars. You know what I mean? That movie looks awesome. Did you know that the original Death Wish they did four of them? Bronson yeah, did the, four. It's a really Whoa. the four. You know, oh no, sorry, five. the The last one was 1994's Death Wish Five colon the face of death. Wish. Five. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, okay, so the, the guys break in, again, uniformly Latino. Everyone, right? The, all all oh, the burglars. I don't know about that. We find out at the end, like, a couple of the guys he kills 
It's white. debatable. They could have been mixed, but like yeah. the they last, were, the final um, they were all pretty light been, skinned. The final guy might have been mixed. The rapey guy we never see. No, yeah. Oh no, the, we do. That's he gets right. crushed by the car. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He's the one who uh, Bruce Willis brutally tortures right. with like lethal efficiency of cutting open like yeah. the most sensitive nerve of his body and then pouring that to me. Like, that was super fucked up. But at least the movie was having a little fun and getting really campy. Like there were multiple applause breaks in that scene that I didn't necessarily agree with. However, like that felt to me like the yeah. movie like amping up the campiness to a point where I could maybe over the top in some more. way. I, I although it ends in a oh, uh, ridiculous pun. line where he's basically propped. He's in this garage. He's propped up the um, car over this guy. And then the guy says, so you're not going to kill me, which I don't know why you would think he's not going to yeah. kill you. This guy whose nickname is the Grim Reaper. Yeah. Although I would have preferred if his nickname was the Death Wisher. Oh my god! Although, can we also it's not a, a real good idea? I also but... want to acknowledge one of the worst moments in this movie. Please, uh, that's kind of what we do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is after I believe the Grim Reaper's first couple of kills, in, which happened in a sort of haphazard way. The cops are interviewing a, a witness, and they're just like, "Yeah, he was just a white, white guy, guy in a hoodie." hoodie. People call him the guardian angel. Yeah. He's a guardian I angel. Really shat my pants. Yeah. Like, Fuck oh yeah, you. all these all these black people in the South Side saw a white guy in a hoodie shooting people, and they immediately were like, That's a guardian angel. Like, get the fuck, fuck out, out of here. Of that the, that is like that's also like the no one is that unself-aware. Yeah. Like no one that it has to be deliberate. No yeah. one is just doing that by accident. That was some the, ho- the hoodie shit. thing is so intentional and so... He wears a different hoodie any t- every time because he gets it from the laundry at the hospital. Oh, my God. It's just twisted and weird that they were like... You can't no. take back that imagery. They were like, no, it's not way. It's not that hoodies are scary, right? That's, I guess, what the movie no, was saying. No, it's black people Hoodies are scary. aren't scary. It's black people in hoodies. There's also scary. a weird Everybody moment in when they're in the cop's <laughs> office where he's mentioning all the gang-related cases he has. And yep, he's like, yep. asshole on asshole violence. Which, yeah. Which, which is definitely like, talk like, about a dog whistle. Someone like, told yeah. uh, Joe Carnahan. Joe Carnahan, that's his name, I think. Yeah. Uh, I literally don't care about this person so he wrote fuck up the name he wrote I know. yeah i know he's an asshole uh uh he he wrote the gray which we've talked about on this i like the gray. the gray is great i like the gray a lot it, but i've heard good things and he made the right a-team now. which is also sort of like an over-the-top remake uh, or something okay he has a type yeah but um someone told him it's like listen we love your work we love what you're doing on the movie we just think it might be a bad pr move to say uh Black on black. Yeah. You know, black people killing black people. I mean, it was so very clear. And then he was like, asshole on asshole. And they were like, Joe, we love you. Go ahead. That's exactly, that's why my one line summary of this was Sean Hannity's wet dream. Because that's the language these people use. Yeah. Just pure racial dog whistling. Well, I didn't say black on black crime. I said asshole on asshole crime. And I even think the stuff with Sway, where he was the only person in the whole thing questioning it, but he had a panel sort of defending it back that all served to undercut him and that was like its own twisted form of i don't know if it's lampshading yeah i mean the radio chatter sadly was uh reflective of reality yeah a lot of people would side with this kind of shit yeah radio chatter also was lifted straight from a spider-man movie like it's the same conversations in a spider-man movie in the same kind of tone 
But in a Spider-Man movie, we're not dealing with a middle-aged white man just killing people of color on the streets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is what I like so much about RoboCop is there's so much of this, like, media interludes or something. But Mm -hmm. they have nothing to do – or I think maybe once or twice they have something to do with the RoboCop stuff. But they have nothing to do with the events of the movie. It's just Mm -hmm. world world building and scene painting, like, the the nightmare – like uh, yeah. landscape that there that might as well have in. not been a city in this movie because all the media chatter is specifically about plot points in the movie. Yeah, it might as well have been Gotham. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it didn't yeah. need to be Chicago. Yeah, um, it was actually shot our... in Gotham though. Oh, the really? Did you see that? Well, they have great uh, tax breaks uh, for film production in Gotham. <laughs> um, I just want to talk about this really fast. I know where we moved on from the section of the movie. We're. I don't care what we talk about. I feel like it's going to be hard to make this episode so fun because this is a really problematic. That's okay. Sad we got to go, go with ahead. It. I just mean go well, ahead. No, talk this, about anything. This whenever. is the thing we would talk about when we're talking about a different movie with less like problematic stuff to talk about. Oh but yeah, that no, scene, please, okay. please. That scene where the uh, the the guys who are breaking into the house they didn't bring rope oh. to bind the uh, mother and daughter yeah. with. Or the so, daughter specifically. So some guy says, get the rope. And then we see one guy sort Start of bustling going around. going through the kitchen. And he, then he turns to uh, yeah. the daughter. And he's like, where's your rope? He's looking under the sink for, for the for rope. rope. <laughs> and then, it, like, I was half expecting her to be like, we don't keep rope in the kitchen. In fact, I don't think we have rope in the house. It was... Dumb. And then he goes to the garage and gets. Well, it was an excuse like to court. get one yeah. guy out of the room so rapey guy could be raped. Oh, it was a terrible God. excuse, yeah. though. Yeah. Go get the rope from the car. We didn't think they'd be home. Like, yeah. which, I just wrote something better. <laughs> <laughs> we could go through beat by beat and just write better lines. But it's yeah. also like, then there was that one guy who was randomly kept being like, you know, don't do any bullshit. Like, this isn't that kind of thing. Yeah. And like, sort of. Keeping the rapey guy from being too rapey, which is yeah, like, but then also referencing like the there were other nights when it was. He said it's not that kind of party, so yeah, it's like oh, right, so there right, were other right. nights when it was that, that kind, kind of party. This is yeah. just a stealing money party. Ugh, God, it's like why are you guys pretending at this point yeah. to like give these guys any sort of nuance whatsoever? That was some disturbing stuff with like the gun and the knife on her leg. Yeah, and this like supposedly I mean, seventeen year old girl. It was that, that was, was really was truly scary. Um, yeah, but the the whole idea that I mean, home invasions are scary, but the, the whole narrative of this movie are is like we need to protect white property owners. <laughs> like that, that yeah. is what it was. I mean, yeah. they live in like they live in Evanston. You know what I mean? That's what, like, old white gun owners are always like, what if somebody breaks into my house and right. tries to kill my family? Well, like, that's that what's so not the biggest threat. There's the scene where they go to Elizabeth Shue's funeral, which is in, like, I don't know, Kansas or something. Yeah. And, like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then Elizabeth Shue's dad, when they're driving back from the funeral, they're in, like, black, you know, yeah. like, suits. And um, poachers, like, shoot out their tire or something, and they go uh, something. I thought they saw a dead that- animal. That was a like un- very front. unclear direction. Yeah, it was weird. But then he, they, or maybe they just hear a gunshot. No, because he checks the tire. Oh, maybe he thinks the tire blew out. And maybe, then he goes, yeah. oh, there's just a gunshot away. But then he goes and there's uh, poachers on his property. And yeah. he just like pulls out a gun and starts shooting at them. And then gives the most on-the-nose like shit. thesis statement I have ever heard Holy in a movie. Um, where he's just like, you know, he has like, 
Can't trust the cops to do anything. If, if a man has something in this world, he's got to protect it himself. Bruce Willis, I think you should go kill the people who <laughs> killed my daughter. Yeah. It was... He essentially, essentially was I like, mean, like... I will also let, say that dude might as well have been uh, shooting at runaway slaves. <laughs> really? <laughs> might as well That makes have. sense. He might as well have. Yep. It kind of... Yeah. yeah. It essentially yeah. was no, like, right. hey, Bruce, let me just explain the concept of vigilanteism to you and give it a big thumbs up. Like, it, it, in the movie, was supposed to be the inciting incident that makes him think right. this is a good thing. Yeah, Watching yeah. his father-in-law just shoot at men. That, yeah. like, yeah, poachers are bad, but you shouldn't kill yeah. people. Yeah, I mean, the I poachers would, do so have guns, I would have, but, like, whatever. I think Josh, Josh brings up a good point here. I don't, you shouldn't kill people. Yeah. I think, I, I think that's, I agree. I, I will say, I'm agree. Adrian, and I would you say that, that's one of the, maybe, I just want to throw this out there. I don't know, if you're white, you own property, you own guns. I don't know, man. I think you're cool killing people. <laughs> there's that also. That, I don't own that property, part. but I am white. I'm only one of like the four things. You'll get that. that. To, who's You'll one get day I can murder with impunity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with um, when uh, Bruce Willis is driving through Chicago and there's yeah. a guy who's trying to oh, clean yeah. his car. Oh and my God. he's just telling him to get away. He's like, oh, he's some asshole trying to keep with my... the cop. Is that with, with, with Dean Norris? Yeah, with Hank. Who yeah. then says, uh, eh, run him over. It doesn't count as a crime yeah. or something. Yeah. And then... It's despicable. It's really gross. Yeah. But again, hear... sadly, really reflective of yep. reality. Yeah. That property is the most important thing. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think that people said those things in movies anymore. Like, I, I was deluded. Yeah. Like, yeah. I knew that those things existed in the real world, but I... I guess I thought enough of Hollywood was liberal enough and people were sort of thinking about the messages they were putting yeah, out. Yeah, Eli Roth is not one of those There's guys. No, I actually think he empathy. is thinking about it. There's yeah. no empathy in this film. For anyone no. that has less privilege... Anyone that doesn't own shit. The idea that, like, the problem of gangs isn't that they're all assholes, but there's, like, a more fundamental underlying thing and working with communities to help get... You know, there's just no concept that homelessness... It's just so... Isn't just that that guy's a jerk. Yeah. It's I mean, so... to go back to what Graham was saying, yeah. that I don't think Eli Roth is thinking consciously about any of this, but he inadvertently really underlines that police are there to protect property owners and nothing else. Like, mm -hmm. police came from slave patrols. I just... I actually think he might Sorry. be thinking... Say that again? No, well, there's the whole thing about no, um, the modern police are uh, came like nascently from old school slave patrols. They were protecting mm -hmm. the property of white property yeah. owners, and that's exactly what they're doing in this movie. Up to the point where they're, they're like, like overseers, run yeah. over the homeless guy. Who gives a shit? It's not a crime. But at the same time, also, yeah. uh, and this is why I had you write down that. Uh, oh, let me read it out loud. I I wrote it down right. Um, <laughs> cops, grapes, Quentin, Quentin. <laughs> Quentin. Uh, gluten was what I was going oh my for. God, so Dean Norris is like thing. eating a gluten bar, but then spits it out. But he's clearly trying to like eat healthier. And then at the end of the movie, he eats a piece of pizza. Yeah. And then he's like, that's his arc is from gluten to pizza. That that moment was what really cemented for me that this movie is, or a gluten -free is bar, like a right winger's wet dream. Because and then, all those people are like, yeah, fuck vegans. There's a, like, there's a scene where the... the such a weird point of view to be like, this captain. needs to be in my movie. Yeah. That healthy yeah. bars are disgusting that was a bad a, idea. That, that shot took like three hours to get. Yeah. <laughs> like that was... It was a, a solid 10 seconds on. of actual time in the oh movie was devoted to some guy not liking something healthy. Yeah, so then there's also that other scene where the two, um, Dean Norris and his partner, are being chewed out by the police captain or something. Yeah. Um, and there's just like a Tupperware 
full of grapes sitting in between them. <laughs> I forgot about that. That you think they're going to make a joke about, but they, they don't. And this is where the guy's chewing them out for being so ineffectual. As, yeah. And it's just like, like these po- these cops are just like stooges. Yeah, you know what I mean? They're idiots. They're just idiots who try to eat grapes and, and aren't <laughs> taking the law into their own hands. You know what I mean? Oh my God. It's just dumb. So th- before he, he gets a lead on the people who um, MJ shows up and he... Uh, takes his phone. Shot, he's been right? shot. Yeah, he's he dying. dies. Yeah. Uh, so he can't get the information to him, but he steals his phone and then uses his thumbprint to to get it. Um, to unlock he it. His bot, his belongings. Oh, he finds That's his, where he watch. Gets his phone. Oh, and, and then he That's also yeah, he, he finds the the watch that he got for his birthday. Yeah, he loves watches. Ooh, hate not not to get us off track, but just <laughs> but to go back to go back to the gluten thing and the weird point of view of this movie. There is a wonderful moment in like the first Very ten minutes beginning. of the movie where Bruce Willis is just like this fucking technology. Yeah, he just hates phones to the point where when his wife has just been murdered, he's being interviewed by two cops and they're like, what belongings did you have in the, uh, what belongings did you have in your house that they might have taken? He's just like, I had two watches. Yeah, he doesn't know how to tell time. He loves analog technology. And he really, he misses mail. To the degree that he says out loud. That's the kind of hero we need. Someone who hates modern technology Someone who uh, hates minorities. It's just so boring yeah. to say I miss mail. It's just like, it's not even relevant it's to anything It's not a cool point of view anymore. And it's not funny. You know what I mean? I yeah. think it thinks it's being funny. It's just not. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just like a At least the vegan joke. bar got a laugh because he played so grossed out that it felt like a different movie. Like, yeah. at least yeah. that got that a laugh. It was a funny little bit. performance beat. Like, yeah. But it's, I mean, it's totally like, unnecessary to the rhythm of the movie. Film? Yeah. <laughs> he eventually starts just like, he has no reservations about it. He's just like watching the video of himself the, killing the first, the, the like oh viral God. video. And he's just like thrilled by it. You were looking down the first time where he shoots a guy and then he stands above him and shoots him point blank to make sure he's dead. You were looking down the final point blank shot. You saw it on the replay that he watched and you said, whoa, because it's appalling. And then immediately after you said, whoa, he was like, Whoa. Oh, yeah, that's As true. If, I also that said that Bruce Willis cool. was watching the video of him killing the guy the same way that I listened back to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you need to give yourself more credit. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, so then he, like a kid, um, gets shot in the leg on the way home from school, and he goes and talks to the kid, gets a sense of, like, oh, there's some ice cream man uh, these clearly, kids are like running. Heroin these kids are running drugs, and if they don't run drugs on the way home from he could school, be, yeah, the, the, the guy will kill him. Um, so he goes and finds the ice cream man. He's just sitting out with an ice cream cooler full of drugs, uh, some drugs, yeah, heroin. I don't know, probably lots, of probably stuff. lots of different stuff. And then uh, he comes up and he's like, "Are you the ice cream man?" And he, he pulls out like a fully golden gun and he's, "Who wants to? To who are you?" And then he just goes, your last customer unloads like an entire clip into the guy yeah, and then he walks gets, away. I think he kills three guys. Because yeah. there's like... He two, kills three yeah, guys. He's got two like bodyguards he or something. He kills three guys in three seconds. That got an, an and walks enormous away. round of applause yeah. in the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah Really? Yeah. Like, that guy's not a good person. Without any any consciousness whatsoever of like that doesn't fix anything if anything more people on that block are going to get killed now because this guy just got assassinated yeah. it's just this thing that's presented of like 
oh, look at this cute kid who's, who got shot. That's terrible. But instead of seeing anything about that neighborhood or whatever, they're just like, let white Bruce Willis fix exactly. it. Exactly. He's a white avenging angel. <laughs> yes. like a, a dude from, a surgeon from Evanston who's oh going to go into the south side of Chicago and then just start, like, saving people. Jesus I also Christ. want to note that once he finds the watch and the phone with the photograph of his address and the time, yeah. he can go to the police with very clear evidence. He chooses not to. And then he also, the business when a little boy says this ice cream man that's on this block and we think he's dealing drugs and he shot me. Yeah. You can also like, yeah, although he I think he comes across things where he could do something about it. He was a known criminal, though. And I think he just assumes that the cops aren't doing anything. About okay, it. But with yeah. the but watch, but with the watch and yeah, the cell phone, yeah, yeah. he's withholding relevant Evidence, information yeah. to the police, which is not what. Yeah, but and you know, at least like Spider Man's from shit. Queens. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, he's a neighbor, friendly neighborhood Spider Man. He's you know uh, dealing yeah. with crime. So this would be like he's if not... Spider Man was from Westchester oh or something. God, yeah. <laughs> it's like taking yeah. Metro North oh down into God. the city to like uh, Jesus Christ. You know, catch criminals. Um, yeah. Speaking of white avenging guardian angel, he goes to the he gets a lead. Goes to the liquor store where the guy who maybe organized or one of the guys who maybe organized this break in. And I think is keeping all the stuff from these break-ins, including a stack of Xbox games yeah. or some of the shelf at and one he's point. He's probably like pawning it off. Yeah, pawning it off. And, and including on the outside of the bar or in the bar proper, a small television screen with a little bowling video, video that is mostly just a woman's but half exposed butt. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that this I, old dude who owns the bar is just watching. It was placed in every frame so that you could see it. Because, you know, I don't know, sexual imagery always has to be associated with violent people. Yep. But I don't know what sport that is. I've never heard of, like, sexy bowling. I well, bet you sexy bowling. So then, now well, it should be said... find out. It should be said mm-hmm. that um, the guy who's pawning this stuff off, he's white. He's like a blonde dude. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, Bruce Willis is, you know, backs him into the little back room with all the stolen stuff. And then he ha- he gets the information he needs from him. And then the oh guy God. clarifies. He says, "Like I'm not a killer. I never killed anyone." And Bruce this Willis, man who has gun killed pointed. five people so far with very little hesitation, he didn't no need hesitation to kill at all. He could have no hesitation. Called the police. He he had people on the ground shot, and then he came up and double tapped. Yeah, him. yeah. And he also watches the guy in the driver's seat. Just watches him die. <laughs> all of whom were people of color, and maybe one of the guys in the driver was white. But yeah, yeah. So then uh, he the the pawn guy is like uh, i never killed anyone i'm not a killer and he says he says i'm only not gonna kill you because of my wife and children or something you know what i mean like like the memory of my wife and children is the only something like that he's like but he as if he's now so self-righteous that he's above indiscriminate murder when the guy is white like y'all got it you know what i mean like i that though i think is like a bit more that might fly under the radar a little bit more um, and then I think we, we all, I fully expected him to shoot the guy. Yeah. I, I thought, like, why oh, not? Cause he oh, doesn't course. seem to okay. care about, Oh yeah. yeah, of course. Now he's not going to shoot this guy. And, uh, but then one of the criminals from the break-in comes in and then <laughs> shoots the guy. Well, shoots him from, like oh, yeah. he sh- fires at Bruce Willis, but gets right. the, the, um, the other guy, that the was white the, guy in the head. One of the cool deaths in a totally different film. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. it's like, cause we want the guy to die, but Bruce Willis can't shoot a what? I don't know. Yeah, it was fucking it was weird. weird, man. It yeah. was weird. And then the bowling ball thing happens. Yeah, this movie has a really weird, very racist sliding scale of morality. 
Yeah. Too. Yeah. That's a really good point. All right. Oh, man. Is there anything else that's like fun to? Dude, we haven't even been recording an hour, which is wild. Do you have? Is there anything that jumps I am, out? I am just interested. This movie reminded me a little bit. I don't know if Please. you uh, guys watched uh, The Punisher on Netflix. I didn't, but there was a lot of similar discussions. Yeah, I mean, I also The Punisher has an added dimension of like he's a veteran and he's dealing with PTSD, and that's a whole theme in the show. Yeah, The Punisher's just as much to me. The Punisher's just as much of a boring piece of shit uh, yeah. in the way he justifies indiscriminately killing. It reminded me of this uh, this world of gun-toting white dudes who yeah. like think they know how to like police the world. So I think a lot of people who are trying to defend this movie would say would see yeah, us. all those people. There's well, here's people. the thing. So this is the thing I wanted to Oh, yeah, bring do up. it, do it. There's this article on lifezet.com. Okay. It's a patriotic duty to see the new Death Wish title. <sighs> All right. I'm going to skip through some of this, but I'll, 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 I'll hit the most what important What is this beats. site? Pop Zit. It's just a blog. It's like a... Pop Zit? Pop Zet Or Life Zet. When the original Death Wish was unleashed across cinema, screen, cinema screens in 1974, liberal critics clutched their pearl necklaces and openly gasped at the unforgiving vigilante film. Yeah. Paul Kersey... No, same name. Charles Bronson is a nonviolent and sheltered man whose world is destroyed when his wife is, wife is murdered and his daughter is raped. Despite his peaceful and bleeding heart background, Kersey loses it and realizes he cannot stand by while crime runs rampant in the city. Starting with a sock full of quarters, he soon graduates to a gun and begins doling out unrelenting justice, handing down death sentences uh, to anyone who dares stand in his way. Pauline Kael called the film fascist at the time. Roger Ebert rejected the movie and said it was propaganda for private gun ownership. Paying moviegoers had a very different response. In New York City, where the film is set, people famously packed sold-out movie theaters week after week and cheered the film's populist take on the growing violence within cities. Uh, $22 million budget... Uh, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Minuscule budget movie, bringing in $22 million, uh, domestic, which was a big deal in 74, whopping four sequels. Uh, Death Wish has now been updated for the modern era, and die-hard star Bruce Willis, surely he has more recent credits than that, has become our new Paul Kersey. In these, yeah, but it's also die-hard. That's true, yeah. In these, quote, woke times, leftists are already ripping their hair out just from that. the film's trailers. Now, I should say, who do we know who rips their hair out from just the trailer of, say... A Ghostbusters movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's a little convenient. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I haven't heard of leftists ripping their hair out about, well, I'm sure it's happening. Amy Schumer movie. People upset about Yeah, I guess. Calling the work of Trumpian fantasy before it was right. even close. And I think they did rip their hair out just from the film's trailer, but that's more about but it's like. It's nothing to the degree of. It's not like, oh, there are female reaction. Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's, it's uh, something as petty and unnecessary as that. Um, the film is out in theaters now, and the reviews, blah, 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 blah. If the NRA made a feature film, it would be this, wrote Collider's Matt Goldberg. While he's obviously trying to be insulting, that headline is likely to inspire a great many gun, uh, gun owners sick of misinformation and outright lies in the media to head to a local theater. Um, a Dowd called it a fascist and a gun nut movie. An old man's movie made for even older men, impotent angry ones, mm -hmm. uh, said Roger Moore from Movie Nation. Mm -hmm. Um... Blah, 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 uh, Eli uh, Roth has long soaked his stories in well-timed political incorrectness. Talks about the Green Inferno for a little bit. Okay. 
It is not too much to say that it is a patriotic duty to see this film. Films like this simply aren't made enough today. How many movies do we see out of Hollywood these days that receive wild praise from critics simply because they push the right social agenda or lambast conservatives in a safe way? Death Wish is the movie we need right now. Art is needed in the modern culture that pushes back against the heavy PC mindset in our society. Just as with the first film, this movie takes on gun violence against everyday Americans in a real way. People cheered Paul Kersey back in 1974 because his grief was something they could recognize and empathize with. And his actions were, while fictitious and extreme, a fantasy many people have had and still have when the government, the media, and every other institution seems to turn their backs on everyday law-abiding Americans. Um, Paul Kersey's story, white property owners. This is Paul Kersey's story is needed for the discussions it will inspire and for the humorous whining it is already eliciting from the country's politically correct. And then the next suggested article is two people shot and killed at Central Michigan University. Oh, wow, God! Uh, yeah. Will you tell me the name of who wrote that? I just want to say something to them. Gladly. His name is Zachary Lehman. Hey, Zachary Lehman, you're a fuck. Hey, Zachary Lehman, you're a piece of shit. Uh, hey, Zachary Lehman, you're the result of generations of uh, horrifying thought. That was probably the most, uh, that, that <laughs> was the I, most productive Can I one. just say, on a non-humorous side, I'm really, really glad that you're on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, thanks, dude. We love you. Yeah. Again. yeah. I, like, I mean, none of that review is surprising to me. Right. Yeah. But I wasn't review, totally just, yeah. sure of, like... I knew that it'd be great to have you on. I didn't know anything about this movie. And so I was like, what, what is the unique point of view that Adrian brings to this film that is relevant? And I was like, eh, it'll be fun no matter what. But it turns out this is a really racist movie. <laughs> yeah. And as a... Well, it's... You should have anticipated. It, it is the, the whole phrase, like, all movies are political sometimes rubs me the wrong way. Because there's certainly, like, a place for, like, apolitical escapism. But it's yeah. true that, like, all Phillips are political. Yeah. Like, we definitely get into it. I feel like anything made every, in political times, which is all times yeah. is inherently all of our films. We political. get into it a little bit. I think this is the first one that is dealt with. Yeah. It's just, just like, way. really like hypocritical that like this guy would, is the same guy who's complaining literally in the article complaining that like, Oh, this is like Hollywood. These yeah. lefty Hollywood, you know, types are always just like, you know, making everything so political. This is when someone at the, Oscars, the Golden Globes, yeah, is like uh, making some political statements. Like, why don't you just do your job? You just make movies that yeah. entertain us. You're just like dancing, you know, or like Laura Ingram just monkeys. publicly said to LeBron James, "Shut up and dribble." Wow, that is really Laura shitty. Ingram. You're a fuck. You're a piece of shit, Laura Ingram. You're symptomatic of a, a divided culture, okay, and yeah. uh, <laughs> you're, you're doing much better. Uh, than we are. But it's like, but it's Laura, like, just look at yourself in the mirror. You agree with me, right? <laughs> Cool. Raise your hands if you're Laura, uh, what's her name, Ingram? Laura Ingram. Laura Ingram. Okay, Fox and now and keep your hand up if uh, upon momentary reflection, all of a sudden you recognize that that you're really causing more problems than you're solving. Oh, okay. Wow. Good. That's good for you. That's, well, I that feel like we've done something today. Well, Laura Ingram, don't you feel like Bruce Willis looks like a like a like an old turtle that you put in the dryer and all his color got sucked out. <laughs> <laughs> a little old too much color. bleach. Wait, how many turtles have you put in a dryer? Oh, so Is many. that a thing that so happens? Many. To turtles? Not a young turtle in a dryer. I kill my pets. <laughs> the young turtle in a dryer. Someone's got to take like... these tanks back. <laughs> 
Oh, I, wait, I have to say this. Yeah. A young turtle in a dryer looks like the There Is No <laughs> have, Spoon Kid from The Matrix. This. You have to say this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I got to reference The Matrix. Okay. Oh, yeah, you love The Matrix, which, I, as I, we know, is a heist film. Yes. <laughs> I get this wrong. Did you listen, did I listen to that? Yeah, of course I did. Um, um, I, I do want to say something that I learned, which is that this has already been delayed from Thanksgiving after the Vegas mass shooting. Oh, wow. Great. Which is crazy that it then didn't get delayed further, mm. given that two weeks ago there was a mass shooting in a school. Um, and yeah. it made, it's probably going to make a $12 million opening weekend on a $30 million production, but I can't imagine it having legs. Yeah. I hope it doesn't make its money, but it, it, it's a small budget. I think it'd be a pretty steep second weekend drop off if I have to anticipate it. But yeah. it, yeah. So wait, wait really to quickly fucked. wrap up what I was saying before, I find it rich that the same writers and, and uh, bloggers and stuff who are saying, I oh, just keep your opinions to yourself. Like these movies aren't political and you shouldn't be political people who make movies. Yeah. But then when they feel a movie supports their agenda yeah. would be like, this is the movie we, we need right now, which I find honestly obnoxious when anyone yeah. does that of like now more than ever, we need art to reflect our whatever. It's part of the, I think like, it's a little self-righteous. It's part of the, it's only fair. Yes. I get mad when you do it, but you've been doing it for so long. It's only fair that we get to have one. Which doesn't I feel sense. like I hear that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need to go through the rest of this film. The girl wakes up. He kills all the guys. There's a night. There's no, like a wait, no, I, we should talk about the end of this movie. Yes. Because the end of this movie is the police fully knowing that Bruce oh Willis God. is this murderer. Like him and Dean Norris having. And a, have been looking for this yes, guy the whole movie yes. to arrest him. Even when they think it is Bruce Willis. The police Do you remember are what he says? like almost winking at each other when Bruce Willis gives this shitty story. He like intentionally goes to the gun store again so that he can have it on record that he legally bought weapons. There and then is, the guy is like, it, what about a? Did you ever have a Glock? And he says, I used to, but I got rid of it. And he said, so no more Glock? And he says, no. And it's just very clear that he's like, you were killing people with a Glock, right? Yeah. But I, I swear I'm done. Yeah. I swear on the color of my skin. And he's and, like, uh, cool. And that, that is what I was saying about, like, the cops are there for property owners. And it's this disgusting yeah, beat blows. of just agreement on, like, yeah, we're not going to give a fuck about the people you murdered with impunity. Yeah. Oh, God, that made my skin crawl. Yeah, or just, like, you know, like... Like not gonna give a fuck about. There's so many, they have a they have a a giant corkboard in their mm -hmm. office with all of the unsolved gang related violence, and then in the corner they say have a, a little like scientists we're gonna need a bigger board. Yeah, that's meant to be a joke. It's also meant to show that they're so bad at their jobs. It's his duty to step in and take the law into his own hands. But it also shows that they they don't care. Yeah. This, this well, God, all those other yeah. cases are just assholes, right? Assholes. Right. Why assholes? serve justice in this case? Because this yeah. guy's not an asshole. He's yeah. uh, he's a white dad. Yeah, he's they a white seems dad. to work very hard on this case. Yeah, that was so like chilling to me. Oh, and then when they come to his door, they know he's there. His brother lies. Yeah. They walk away and they ADR the line. Oh, We're yeah. not going to arrest a surgeon without ironclad proof. It's like, yeah, oh if, if you're thinking like, oh, why don't they just get a warrant or yeah. something and like go into his house and, and just like, or pull him in for questioning or something. Yeah. There's as Dean Norris turns away from the camera so you cannot see his mouth yeah. moving. It was a very clear yeah. like post-production note of like, I don't know if people really get why, why they're walking why they're away. walking away right now so well, let's just have them say they we'll were, come back later <laughs> originally they were like everyone will get it in uh, most movies police barge into things yeah 
but they can't because he's a white guy, so they have to explain why they didn't barge in. That's what it felt like. Because he's weak from all those grapes. Let's specify, I think it is easy, this movie is very racist, uh, but I want to specify white property owners. The homeless guy in this movie is white, and they they actively encourage him to run this guy over. There's a class aspect to it. It's like a stand your ground movie. Yeah. Yeah, in no, you're you're very I right. I appreciate well that. I actually really appreciate. I I sometimes forget about the components of property and the problems of capitalism. There's a there's in a different. Movie, I don't forget about the there's problems a of capitalism. Chekhov's gun in this movie that otherwise when he's first looking at the uh, wannabe. I Verhoeven, loved it, but it sucked. I, yeah, I know. I can't. <laughs> okay, I love yeah, you, you, you. You go. There's um. There's an ad in the, the ad when he's the looking. Cookie Monster m- movie. Gunshot. I forget what Jolly Roger. Jolly Sorry, Roger. The Cookie Monster Gunshot. Yeah, Jolly exactly. Roger. And where it's for, like, and you can even surprise oh, right. them with uh, with some gun furniture, and it shows like a little like coffee table that pops out. Uh, and that's an assault a secret rifle drawer in it. with an assault rifle in it. And it doesn't. Simple- Illinois have all sorts of or restricted. Well, the gun whole laws. thing is that Indiana, their doesn't. bordering state, doesn't. So that's where so, a lot of the. Guns but they didn't come make from. it clear that he. Okay, he anyway. didn't go to Indiana, and guns were legal in this version of yeah. Illinois. Yeah, so. and so, but then he, but it's meant to be sort of a joke about how over the top this gun store right. is. I don't know. It's also very it fetishizes it just as much. But then at the very end, the main baddie breaks back in. He puts his daughter in the cupboard under the stairs, like Harry Potter. And um, he just goes through some cool stuff of, I mean, although one of the guys with uh, a gun comes into his bedroom and sees oh, yeah. a body in there. And it's like, he dude, a lot. it's going to be full of pillows. Yeah. And, and then he, he even sh- goes to the trouble of pulling the sheet back to, to see check the for us. Yeah. Like they, they, they let us see that yeah. despite us knowing there is like two people in that. Of it. That is the cinematic equivalent of like theater actors cheating out. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> You're yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. It's also, yeah, it's, it's feathers spray yeah. everywhere. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe this was a person who <laughs> ate a bunch of feathers for dinner. <laughs> Oh, and there's yeah, some cool kills that Bruce Willis does, but whatever. And then the yeah, main bad guy goes down to the um, basement bunker where Bruce Willis has been living. He gets Bruce right. Willis in the shoulder. He goes we, onto the, he sits on the couch. He's got the gun um, pointed on. We think Bruce Willis is done for. Dunzo, out of here. And dead. he says, uh, he says something threatening yeah. about the Have daughter. you ever seen someone burn to death? And then Bruce Willis pops out. He He's replaced his coffee table with the one. Yeah. And then shoots it. That was another huge applause break. Yeah. Because it's a break. cool thing. But again, like the Matrix has a very well, excellent. That's that heist film from 1999. Yeah. Everyone knows it. Yeah. The Matrix has a very excellent like stocking up guns, massive wild shootout sequence in the final act. That's mm-hmm. very cool. There's so many movies. A Shaun of the Dead movie that could be interesting. You know, not Shaun of Tremors the Dead. Tremors does a really good job with that. But that's also like a joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hot Fuzz. That's a great sort of comedic, over-the-top acknowledgement of this. But in this film, it actually was the thing that saved him. It's if he just hadn't had quote that. quote-unquote cool. Yeah, you know, if he like, didn't have the coffee table with the assault rifle in it, he'd be dead and his... If he didn't have oh God, easily accessible, movie, yeah, fuck assault this movie. <laughs> so then, especially fuck this movie when yeah. he uh, it cuts to however many whatever later, and he's taking his daughter to NYU yeah. to start her oh uh, semester. He's the moved fuck? there three three stops away. Yeah, he's three stops away, or, you know, or something. He's yeah, he's in the West Village, I guess. And we don't know if it's an uh, express train. And then he sees. I said we don't know if it's an express train. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, he could live. 
He could live in like Columbus Circle. We don't know. We don't know. Anyway, he sees as he his daughter heads off to her dorm or whatever, and he turns around and sees like, outside a hotel. Mm-hmm. There's like a bellhop with all of these bags, and he sees the Jews pass by and take one of the. This is the last moment. A of the movie. scary Asian man. A yeah, scary, scary say, Asian man. Yeah, which is having... just like, oh come yeah. on, yeah. come on. And then looks at him really and bad. pulls out a finger gun and goes poof. And then it cut to directed, directed by Eli Roth. I, 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 I point. don't get it, but it's very uncomfortable. It just blows. Yeah. Uh, it's not, nothing is cool about it. Yeah. No, um, this movie is uh, trash. I want to point. I think we need to try and we need to talk about how we could make this movie better because I think it's the only way that we can have fun. At the right end. before I that. I have some ideas. Right before that. Just remember that last, that final image yeah. of him with the handgun. So this is it. If, pull out your MoviePass app if you're listening to this. Take a look at that. Oh take a look at that, right? That's the last frame of the film. the last frame of the film is him. Now look at the poster. Past. It's the same thing. It's the exact same <laughs> image with a gun photoshopped into his I hand. wonder if he had a gun at the end, originally. What? Do you think he could have had a gun? No, that would no, be crazy. crazy. Even for these people, that would be crazy. New York, he'd... Yeah. I want to point. This is a movie about the one guy who Good the guy police the are actually the police actually work for. Like the one guy mm-hmm. who pol- the police are actually on their side, and he's like, "Fuck cops! They don't do shit." When the real people, and I think that's part of why this movie gets applause even at a theater like the AMC Magic Johnson, mm-hmm. because the audience of these theaters justifiably are like, "Fuck cops! They yep. don't work for that's us." That's actually, yeah, but this is a movie about the guy who cops are working for saying that. So there's something insidious about that. And I think this is why a lot of poor white people, a lot of poor black people, a lot of poor Latino people get pulled into ideologies like this because we're hijacking their justifiable rage and authority. Yeah. Which is a way in which this movie wants to have it all. And it's relying on having it all over its budget. Not to diminish that really, really excellent point, but I just thought of a cool way that the movie could be improved. (laughs) It sounded a little sarcastic. (laughs) No, no, no. no, No, I understand that the contrast, the juxtaposition of my point with yours is a bad idea, but I'm. This is a. I'm changing the subject. Great point. I can't. I can't add Just on. Just make to your it. point. My point yeah. is that remember when Hank and Bruce were uh, making up at the end, yeah, and they were sort of having their thing, yeah. If at the end of that they had sort of leaned in and started like passionately making out, oh, that would be great. That would have been so cool. It really, really flipped everything on its head. It would have. Or it I would know. just at the very least for it to troll yeah, the I guess film's that's intended I mean. audience. Yeah. So that would have been nice if there was like a passionate romance between him and the cop and that's why he got away with it, you know? Mm, they yeah. had been like had a lot of simmering tension. Anything yeah. else? Any other ways you think this could sort of small changes that would enact Yeah, I mean it, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't know. be a small change and it would there's no way to make one time the movie, this our movie small change was make it a heist better. film, so it can be a big change. Yeah, that's true. What, I, I what, don't know. Make somebody else the protagonist of this movie. Make think, Bruce Willis an active anti-hero. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like even for a second, like to go back to the sequence about the ice cream man, we're introduced to this whole concept by the boy in the hospital. Maybe let's see five seconds of this boy's life or like five seconds of anybody else's. Yeah, and we're not acting. That's we're, a very good point. We're not looking <laughs> for like... The Wire or something. That movie's yeah. never going to be yeah, that thing. But just true. give us wishful thinking. something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, and I get that the totter needs to be out of commission for the whole movie yeah. in order. Uh, but make her, I don't know, make her survive this ordeal. Yeah. And then make her one of the protagonists of the movie. Yeah. Make her having to deal with I swear her I dad did. doing this stuff and not wanting to do it or doing it in her own way. Yeah. I thought she was going to kill the bad guy at the end. 
And that's weird and complicated in its own way. But I was like, oh, the movie's this smart. She's going to have to barrel out and rescue her dad. And nah, this movie yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio, who yeah. plays the brother, we haven't mentioned him at all because yeah, he doesn't really do anything. He's, he's, but he's, he's acting there. so suspicious the whole time that yeah. we were positive he's going to be involved somehow. I, I wrote in that my felt notes, like an active misdirect to me. I wrote it's in my a terrible notes, can herring, Vincent D'Onofrio just be a nice brother? Question and mark, question mark, question But they also said, I mean, yeah, it's, it is active, I mean, this actually, mo- because... If this movie's... Uh, it has no room for women in a very old school way. Like the women are there to be, to die or be 100%. saved or like, I don't know. If do we ever learn Dean Norris's partner's name? Nope. Don't think so. I thought the daughter for her role acted it very well. Oh, like, or the daughter's she was friend. Yeah. Who came in and who we never saw. Oh, he wasn't right. like over the top teenager in the way that like, you know, given the way that yeah. Bruce Willis handled youth and technology. Yeah. Like, no, this, she was like this, relatively reasonable. Or if you want to yeah. keep the, da- the daughter in a coma, then utilize that daughter's friend who I actually thought for her one scene made yeah, a pretty good pretty impression. Great. She was good. Yeah. And, and make it like, I don't know, make it like a psycho thing where they, it's, you think it's going to be about this one person, but then a Vera Miles co- character comes in and yeah. has to pick up the pieces yeah, this isn't an improvement, but just something I noticed near the beginning of the film is that the reason the women die or get in a coma yep. is that they take agency to do something. and they try to do something. Yeah, and there's a clear if it would have been fine message. if you had just listened, if you would just let that guy touch you do and let them wanted. go, yeah. if you yeah. had just given them everything, you would have been fine. Yeah, and that true. message is never counteracted like that's what her hitting him at the end might have been is like oh no actually it is good to do that it, yeah don't don't cause problems if you're a if you're a lady yeah no, this that's is just, bruce willis's yeah job. this is another in the long catalog of movies that like the only way to solve our problems is through toxic masculinity yeah. <laughs> like it's really really bad on yeah so death wish blows fuck death let's wish. not go see it again tomorrow hey graham <laughs> death wish or 50 shades freed Oh, that is a tough call, considering that when we talked about Freed. We recorded these back-to-back yesterday, if you recall, dear listener. Graham said that Fifty Shades Freed was the single worst piece of shit film. I said that I would rather uh, have suicide squad played over itself 20 times and then uh like i think you said forever well no 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 like put over like so it's not it's suicide squad over suicide squad over suicide Mm -hmm. squad uh then played indefinitely for the rest of my life or said something like that i don't know i hated that movie i think 50 shades freed is more incompetently made and 50 shades freed has really creepy problematic stuff a lot with of it. twisted stuff too this yeah. movie i hated this movie more because it was better i mean better made is it's no, a really I, low bar you know what i mean really good. yeah just some you know competently made with some flourishes that were visually effective the but, audience cheered a number of times yeah that never happened in 50 shades freed <sighs> no, remarkably no it did not but at the same time <laughs> i hate this movie so much more because it's just like Eli Ross fucking I can see it's it, you know it's more I say insidious. this about um, it's more insidious Is I said this about like uh, yeah it's completely insidious you haven't seen Fifty Shades Freed but you can imagine I've not Fifty um, Shades Freed like it's easier to notice how stupid it is than this film where oh, this film's pretty fucking stupid this film is really stupid I, yeah, I, I, yeah I mean like a middle aged white man maybe 
Yeah, know. might not. Just might find it fucking. My dad awesome. would hate this. Yeah. Film, so my dad has a house but in Woodhaven. I, I know. See, I know dudes who would love this yeah. movie. Eli Roth, right. smug Zachary, shitty Zachary Quinto <laughs> face in the two rows in to front be of clear, me. Zachary Quinto, like yeah, fuck you. SJW, SJW and I'm just like like I don't know it's such an this movie is such a douchey move yeah I just want to be clear Zachary Quinto you don't have a shitty face no 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 no, no you're really no, no, lovely no, no, and no, intriguing no. Yeah, you're to cool. Zachary Quinto yeah. he has Zachary a Quinto's shitty version man. of your face so Zach yeah. You know, you know that episode You're of The great. Simpsons, uh, the Treehouse of Horror, where Bart has his like other brother in the attic, who's just like a oh yeah, I remember that. Bart. Zachary Quinn would be like, Eli Roth. <laughs> That's basically the idea. Beautiful. Yeah. Any last sort of subtle tweaks and improvements? Any gags you got? <sighs> do you have any? Well, we got to do our rating. I only, I have only anger. Yep. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Yeah. This. No, this is no, it's cool. It's good. It's it's good to engage with um uh fucked up art and be mad at. Yeah, yeah. you were experiencing still... a bit of what Graham Graham has grown progressively angry with me over the course of a few weeks, and I think for me personally, this is the first time where the movie itself is really deserving of anger. Yeah, well, Fifty Shades Freed is we're not the dullest thing in the world. Yeah, but this is like. Anger but it was like joke anger. anger because it was bad and boring and, yeah, and yeah, felt yeah, like yeah. a waste of time until we were talking about it, which I had more fun doing. But this, this was like the first genuinely like made me mad. Um, there's no law that says we couldn't have just taken Adrian to go see Peter Rabbit again and then done another episode about Peter Rabbit. <laughs> no, no one's telling us I want us to be clear. I'm not that. angry for having seen this movie. Oh, no, we know. No, we, we know. know. He just, um, he really wants to see Peter Rabbit. I'm going to go see it again. I'm he tried, he was I like, great, so I'll see you for <laughs> Peter Rabbit in the morning. Great. Yeah. He said it's Well, you texted best. me to wake me up this morning. Cause, Were you, you awake? Know, I had just woken up. I just, yeah, know, no, it was a good. He said that Peter Rabbit is the best um, British film since, drumroll please, Lawrence of Arabia. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> he had just seen Fifty Shades Free. <laughs> So, yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, I don't really, uh, I don't have any gags. I only have for all the listeners out there. Uh, never forget that um, the police aren't here for you. Just don't talk to them. They don't, they're not here to help you. Uh, that is a speech my mom gave me when I was very young. That sucks, <laughs> that sucks because that's, that's not a speech Well, my mom works given, in, you know I mean? in the courts. Uh, so like, you no, know. No, it's really smart. Just It's don't the same thing. <laughs> On another note, HR, human resources at the company, if you work at a company, they're there to protect the company, yeah. not to protect exactly. you. Exactly, it's a very it's similar concept. thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, the whole deal is that it looks like a really good thing for you, and then yeah. you fuck up and incriminate it's yourself in some way. And patient services at a hospital, uh, yeah. anything like that. But yeah. HR is tough because they're like, no, address your complaints to the HR department. And then, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That to me is the worst part of this movie. Is that is the hijacking of that. Um, very justified impulse to not trust the police. Uh, yeah. That, and that, to use it to these ends. Yeah. That is the worst part of it for me. Any um, other care, like any of the characters that we just passed by the homeless guy, anyone on the street with the ice cream man, like any of those people, if we had heard from them, wouldn't have, would rightfully not have trusted the police. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah Only yeah. Bruce Willis in this film. And he doesn't even trust them, but he doesn't trust them because they're not, good enough at killing people yeah right yeah. yeah okay so there's no i don't think this is a good idea to do a traditional i mean we never do a traditional rating system for what is your usual movies. rating system it's, our usual rating system is is pulled out of grams but <laughs> <laughs> the first a first rating system was how uh, many manjis would you rate oh that's awesome i gave it two manjis 
Um, which should have been yeah. the name of the title Probably of the movie. Probably Two Manjis. Uh, two Man- the next one will Manjis. be named that. It's got to be named that. They're making well, sequels. Manjis. This is the second. So. Yeah, it's tough. Jumanji oh, 3. Jumanji 3. The second of like this new iteration. I don't even, I don't, is the new one a sequel or is it like a yep. reimagined? Oh, baby. Oh, yeah. it's a sequel. Oh, it's a direct sequel. It. I gotta see it. It's, it's no gotta be still out somewhere. It's still don't. out. It is like the second best movie, doing unfortunately. so well. It's doing crazy. Yeah, box office. It was on the top. I think it, I, I did it. When you, when you put The Rock and Kevin Hart in the same movie, it's it, gonna make money. If There's you so can many bear rock, it, The Rock movies coming out. If you can bear it, that's our first episode and I actually think I'll go see I the movie first okay. and then listen. There's something fresh about the first one because we had no idea what we were doing and I like had snow pants on. Oh yeah, and off. now we have every idea what we're doing. Yeah, no, now it's yeah, really yeah, composed yeah. <laughs> and controlled and we have all sorts of segments that we do. Yeah, and we've never gone off the rails. So how are we going to rate this puppy? Okay, so this is the thing. We all hate this movie, right? <laughs> yes. Um, Fair. But... If you were to kill this movie, would you want to double tap it in the street? Oh, God. <laughs> would you want to have it crushed by a falling bowling ball? Would you want to uh, uh, shoot it with a surprise uh, coffee table gun? Or would you want to crush it with a fallen car? Um, because I would I'm like... sorry. Wait, clear, point of clarification. Would you want to torture it uh, in its leg? And um, then crush and it with a then car. crush it with a falling cart. Would you want to give it the most pain a movie can endure before going into cardiac arrest, and then crush it with a falling car? Thoughts, Adrian? Um, I am going to choose none of the above. I have my own special option. Because Hello, I think it's always allowed. I yeah. think this would be the most torturous to this movie. I would want to trap it in a never-ending cultural sensitivity seminar <laughs> uh, uh, taught by a black trans woman. Yep. Yes. Yes. It's just that That's never beautiful. ends. Like a uh, like a no exit type yep. existential hell. Uh, I, yeah, I would want this movie to be. Uh, uh, attend, like forced to attend uh, a, a talk back at <laughs> like New York Theater Workshop <laughs> for, the, for the rest of its life. Or sorry, the public is where that, yeah, where that would be. That's amazing. I, not, I, I love your creativity, but I'm going to stick within the established scale just because because I would like to think that the universe itself wants to kill this movie Mm -hmm. that I think it will ultimately be crushed by a bowling ball that just happens to roll onto its head. Mm. And thus the universe will ensure completion uh, of the circle. Let's hope the long moral arc of history bends towards a bowling Bowling ball ball falling on your head. (laughs) (laughs) Eli Roth, thanks for your hard work. Go fuck yourself. You're a shit. Uh, you're 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 just a symptom of you know generations of horrible thought. Adrian, thanks. Uh, thanks. Yeah, so yeah. So this much. was very fun. Thank I'm you. glad I'm you so had a good time. Yeah. I was so glad that you were there in the theater with us too, because Adrian I, really like it was I'm a, a surprisingly packed member. theater for 11 a.m. on a Saturday. Yeah. But Adrian was just cackling the whole time, and it really. I think enlivened what would have been a more torturous experience. Otherwise, if Adrian wasn't there, the whole movie would have been me turning to Josh and be like, what the fuck? Why? Why are you making me do this? Yeah, you sort of took a little of the attention off of me. Yeah. Sometimes it's fun to laugh at evil. Yeah. I don't think we should say anything more. Yeah. Sometimes it's fun to laugh at evil. Death Wish Blows. Don't give it any of your money. If you want to see it, pirate it, then fucking... Don't watch it. <laughs> Fired it and then don't watch That's it. That's hilarious. Don't give it any satisfaction. Good, um, good. Cool. All right. Oh, wait a minute. What? Well, Death Wish, Death Wish is from 1974. We reviewed the wrong Death Wish movie. 
Oh my god. That's what we're talking about. The movie that's from 1974 is the original Death Wish movie. Jesus Christ, Graham, not again. Well, we should have... Yeah, no, we did this in the wrong order. I yes. thought we could okay, pull it off. Adrian, now that we're, I, I'm really sorry. Do you have a couple sorry. hours? Couple we're going to have to be anywhere, right? Yeah, I, I never have to we be anywhere. We do have to start okay, over. Um, okay, oh, I'm sorry. So me. we're just right. going to... Starting over in... Death Wish 5, The Face of Death. Death Wish 4, four The Crackdown. Death Wish The three, Number 3. Death, Death Wish Roman two, Numeral 2. And Death, Death Wish. Wish. You're live.